Welcome to The Unstoppable Singer. I'm your host, Danielle Tucker, a professional vocalist, vocal coach, and a lead singer of the Mighty Untouchables Band. I'm also the producer and host of the Pandemic Proof Singer Summit and The Unstoppable Singer. The Unstoppable Singer follows the lives of real professional singers who've made incredible achievements in their lives and careers. We cover everything from voice work, making money, booking gigs, songwriting, recording, session work, and more. If you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button so you never miss another podcast. Now on with the show. I want to introduce my guest tonight. Um, It is Donovan Hurst, and he is a very, very extra special guest for me tonight because he is a bandmate. He is a great, great friend. I love him so dearly. He is incredibly entertaining, so I know you're all going to really enjoy him a lot. Um, A little bit about Donovan. As I said, he is a lead singer with the Mighty Untouchables Band. Um, He is a brilliant star that San Diego musical theater scene produced. Um, he, he has the ability to switch stylistically between genres with the greatest of ease. He has an incredible range, a very extensive song list, um, and limitless stage energy. I, I, it's unbelievable trying to keep up with him as a performer, but um, he raises the bar very high. Uh, he's written and recorded published songs for multiple artists and labels, and his music can be heard on streaming radio and TV commercials. Um, his talent and his knowledge extend far beyond the music world. He's a UCLA graduate, um, a very promising entrepreneur entrepreneur. (laughs) He's blowing up as a content creator and gamer with his Hey Tony Twitch channel. And he became an official Twitch partner in 2021. So let me bring him on. Donovan Hurst. Ah, that was a really nice intro. I like that a lot. Thank you. Well, thank you for the 20 spot. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah. How are you kids? I was like, give you give your 20. It's fine. (laughs) <laughs> how's it going my friend it's going really solid it was really nice like rehearing all of the things that i've done well in my life so i was like all right this is off to a good start that's good you've done a lot going. of great things you're you're a good egg donovan i'm Thanks. excited to have you here tonight um yeah. so you are not a stranger to this show you actually were a speaker a presenter for the pandemic proof singer summit um for one of them and so that audience is familiar with you, uh, but our our watchers, our listeners tonight may not be as familiar with you. So why don't you give us a little bit of your musical background, your life background, and yeah. maybe a little recap of um, 2021, the, the year in review for us. Cool. Uh, yeah. Um, so I started singing when I was um, in elementary school, going to school with my mom, she would play nineties countries, KSON 97.3 FM. Okay. Uh, I still think that nineties country music is probably the best that it ever got. I'm just going to say, yeah. well, no agreed to disagree for some people. Yeah. No, shut the door. Uh, but I used to love it. I used to get made fun of at school for singing like Dixie tricks and Shania Twain. Cause he's a young boy with a high voice. Um, and then when I was 10, my parents put me into sports and I, couldn't care less. I really couldn't. So they saw me picking grass in the outfield and then they put me in musical theater. And that was kind of taking, I just sang and sang and performed until I was 18 or 19. And then um, I did a Starlight Theater, which is a professional theater in San Diego. I think it's shut down now, but um, I did high school musical with them, which I had already done that show because 
10 years ago, it was like the most popular thing to be into was High School Musical. Sure. And uh, after I got done with that, a company had hit me up, kind of wanting to work me into their, you know, ensemble of performers that they would send out to weddings and things like that. And I did that job for five or about five years before I was like, thankful enough to get in touch with the Mighty Untouchables through Bobby Cressy. Mm -hmm. um, in the meantime, I lived in LA and I was uh, writing music and performing music. I went to school and learned a little bit of uh, music theory and, you know, some vocal performance stuff when I was in my early 20s. And then when I was in LA, I decided to apply to UCLA for history because I really enjoyed it. And then, uh, yeah, in the meantime, I was gigging with the Mighty Untouchables and becoming part of this like incredible family of people that I've just grown so close with and have literally become like on my mind every day sort of people where I'm just like, I wonder how the band's going to do. I wonder how we can do this next gig. It was, yeah. And then um, I guess for 2021, 2020, I took up the enterprise of streaming on Twitch, which is a pr primarily gaming platform, although you wouldn't know it from the like predominant amount of streamers are doing just chatting or they're getting into other genres that I'll talk a little bit more candidly about later in the interview. But mm -hmm. I, um, I got partnered last year, which is a really big step for any content creator, especially me who was always very social media averse. But in July of 2020, during the pandemic, when we're all just kicking it, we're not doing anything. There's no gigs for anybody. I decided to start streaming and utilize my voice a little bit online. Even if I didn't want to be always known for doing that, it was mm -hmm. just a good foot in the door. And from there we grew and we did grow consistently and developed a community and we made partner last November, which I'm like really excited about and thankful yeah. for. And so between streaming and the Mighty Untouchables and just trying to stay healthy, um, yeah, my hands are pretty full. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, I know you pretty well now. How many years have you been in the Mighty Untouchables? This is, um, we're going on seven. Wow. Seven years, dude. Yeah, man, that's incredible. Well, for those of you out there who have not heard Donovan sing or seen him perform, he's an absolutely brilliant performer. His voice is incredible. Uh, and as I mentioned at the top, um, his stage energy is just I've never, I've never performed with someone like you before. It's, it's crazy. Thanks. And I'm, I'm so grateful to share the stage with you because, um, there's quite a bit of an age gap between the two of us. Not really. And Come you, on. It's not that big. You keep things so like high energy and, um, that really, it, it, it doesn't, I don't want to use the word force, but it challenges me to, <laughs> constantly be trying to keep up with you which which is a yeah. great great thing when you first um, met me i think it was different though because it was like i was unbridled energy without direction or focus and now i want whatever i'm doing i want to be able to contribute to the person that's mainly performing as a background or if i feel like there's something maybe dragging i want it to be like a rising tide lifts all boats kind of situation where my energy is easier to feed off of because you know how gigs sometimes audiences will it, the gigs energy will depend 50 percent at least on them so yeah absolutely true well i mean you started with us so young but you had already had a ton of experience but um you know i think i think one of the things that we're we're so fortunate about being in a band like this is that the uh i don't know the the lineup of the band they're they're just incredible musicians and 
um, you know, you, you never want to be the best person in your band. You want to be, you want to have be with people who are a lot better than you. So it gives you where somewhere to grow. Um, and over the last seven years, you, you've had a lot of things happen in your life and you've grown so much as a person and a performer. Um, and it's really been, um, amazing to watch. And, and it's, I'm grateful to have, you know, been uh have a front row seat to all of it well, look at this love fest dude this is an interview show what's going uh, on here yeah you no know I, I, I love you to bits, you know i feel no you know i feel the exact same way about you. you've become a literal sister to me and yeah. especially my family moved out and you uh invited me over for thanksgiving and i got to watch your husband try to rap which was <laughs> amazing no so i honestly i care so much about this band and um it's not an overnight process i had to learn to be, i have had to learn to be a better person because performance often comes with narcissism but uh, yeah. what we do is such a collaborative and um i mean just a group enterprise that multiple energies multiple personalities and always everybody with their own idea and having to compromise and it takes effort and like the wanting to do that and mm -hmm. uh, i just think i would not be as good if i can say that like a, as good of a person I, I if i didn't have this band honestly if, with all without all the people that we have in it so yeah. Well, you've, you've changed us for the better too. That's for sure. Um, well, I, where I was going with this, um, Apologies. aside from just, you know, giving you tons of praise, that's well due, sure. uh, is that, you know, outside of the mighty untouchables, you've had a great career and you, you've done, you've had some great accomplishments, done some, you know, amazing work, you know, you're, uh, pre-COVID everything was thriving for you. You know, you're, you're a full-time musician, right? So COVID hits and, um, you decided to take this turn into streaming and it's become a huge thing for you. And it's because of the career you have music wise, you didn't necessarily have to do this. Mm. It wasn't something you needed to do, but knowing you, it's such a natural fit because what I know of you is that you have this, um, gift of conversation. You have this like crazy memory for, you know, interesting facts, stories, history. Um, and, and so here you are, you've created this channel, uh, on Twitch that kind of encompasses all the things that you love most in life. It started yeah. out with a lot of singing, gaming, conversation, laughter, comedy. So what, uh, what led to you starting the channel in the first place? Yeah. Well, I think one of my most primary drives is public validation. And so when I like, <laughs> yeah, when I saw there was a, uh, a website streaming, it never, it wasn't like, um, it wasn't a foreign idea to me, but then like probably six, six years ago, I stumbled across Twitch and I started watching people on there. And I had the same thought that a lot of people do when they watch Twitch, they're like, well, I can do that. Like, come on. Like I, I play video games. It seems like a natural fit to me. There's a lot. It's, it's gotten more complicated, especially since being in it, the, you know, the compromise between doing what you want on stream, which for me sometimes means like just playing six hours of a video game and then giving what an audience might want. And I find myself drifting further and further into what the audience wants because I love seeing people light up and I love seeing people interact more and feel like they get a personal stake in me and want to join a community. And it, this video games will always remain a selfish notion for me where it's just like, I'm cutting off everything. Like, I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm just going to do that. So when I found Twitch, 
I had this grand idea of what it might be if I ever decided to do it, like playing characters on stream. I came up with this uh, character called Michael Big Bonald because I couldn't call myself Michael McDo Michael McDonald, but I thought it'd be cool if I got a gray beard and a gray wig and I I'll just talk like this during the whole stream. Like it was, yeah. Um, once I once the pandemic hit and the best way to do anything right is to just start doing it. And mm -hmm. it was so crazy because we weren't getting paid, but the government was surely paying me. And my expenses were at an all time low because you're not allowed to go out or do anything. Right. So I had gotten, I had a little bit of money saved up and I took like a first step forward in this karaoke app that Twitch used to have called Twitch Sings. Um, and I, the reception was really like positive, which made me, immediately spend a gross amount of money for basically just a pipe dream but it, it i got a bunch of cool stuff out of it like that was the cool if this fails i just got a bunch of cool stuff and that's pretty cool like i can like do whatever equipment, I want. right yeah exactly yeah. like i needed a more powerful computer well you need that for video games anyways so excuse and just like expense that and uh <laughs> new microphone i'm a singer i should have had that long time ago yeah. so blah 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 one thing after another and then my original thought process behind it was if you build it, they will come. If you, you know, the higher quality thing that you build, the higher quality people that you'll bring in or the, you know, quantity of people will come in. And I think it, that is exactly what happened. I, I don't think that I got it all right, but I think that that premise is actually true is, you know, people pay attention to the details. They can see how much work that you put into something and that will attract people. How fast it will attract them or how many people it will attract you can ever bank on, but you can guarantee that fundamentally you will bring people in if you like pay attention to the quality of what you're giving out. So Twitch evolved. Once Twitch things got shut down, I tried to find my own kind of taste in content between talking with people or playing video games or like showing interest or watching MasterChef, which you're not really supposed to do on Twitch, but like it's people, there's this thing called like the React meta. They have it on YouTube all the time where YouTubers will watch um 90 day fiance but they'll mm -hmm. snip it up and they'll react to it people love reaction stuff because they just like they want to see you energetic and react to stuff even if you're disgusted if, if you're laughing your your butt off sorry apologies um then yeah like they they just want to be part of something you know mm -hmm. so yeah that's that how, that's how twitch came about that makes total sense. And so you had, I mean, you'd, you'd been on Twitch prior to the pandemic, but once the pandemic hit, you had a solid full year to invest pretty much all your time and energy. So tell me about the amount of time oh, you invested into oh, doing this and tell me what was the, what was the, um, projection of or or how how did the audience grow what what did it maintain at a certain level and then at mm. some point it kind of started taking off like, yeah because something within a year's time had to keep you going something had to keep you motivated and thinking like this is gonna go somewhere for me yeah hmm okay when when uh twitch things first started like when that was the first thing that i was doing and i could bank on my talent as being something that people were going to gravitate towards because um, a lot of people have talents, but not all of them you can just showcase as easily as singing. Mm -hmm. um, I started, you know, having something like 15 to 20, sometimes 30 people and not me thinking that that was like the top of the world was like 30 viewers, like, holy crap, I've got these people in the <laughs> bottom of my hand. Um, and that was the first like two months. 
the first two months of me streaming, I was like on top of the world and nothing could defeat me. And like, I, a lot of people struggle for a long time to see any sort of financial return. But at the time, there were a lot of eyes on Twitch things and a lot of people with a lot of money and a lot of free time. So they were being very, very generous at the beginning of this whole enterprise. Not to say that they've gotten any less generous, but at that time, people were throwing around enough money to support karaoke singers in this Twitch app to be like, no, 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 I want you around. So like, here's five bucks kind of thing. Wow. Um, when Twitch things got announced that it was closing, I made the, I knew that everybody that was on that app was going to try and hold on to that identity for as long as they could. Mm -hmm. And in this world, especially with performing, you got to evolve, you got to change with the times. So I dumped out of Twitch things. I would go back, you know, maybe once or twice every month. But other than that, I started playing games and I dropped to like one to three viewers and it was a dark time, but like still fun because there's nothing to do. And I I put a couch in front of my giant TV and the camera right over my face and I'm laying there, you know, <laughs> till four to five in the morning. I had this great routine. You talk about time spent. I would stream from like 7 p.m. the night previous, um, maybe even earlier, depending on the day. I was streaming anywhere between 12 to 15 hours a day. Mm -hmm. Um which you should not do. Did you say 12 to 15 hours? A day. A day. Yeah. You, and you, I, I would wake up, I would go to the gym, I would go and I would stream or I would work on stream for an hour and then I'd just start streaming. Because in the beginning, when nobody knows who you are, you want to give them as much face time as possible because you're nowhere near the, to reach partner, to reach a, uh, like a check mark on the platform. You have to have 75 average viewers over the course of, 25 hours with 12 days streamed minimum yeah meeting those metrics is a game it's not like a lot of people say well i want to blow those numbers out of the water before you get a check mark it's really hard to reach those numbers sustainably so as you grow then you calculate okay i'll stream for this many days a week and i'll make sure to tell everybody to show up there for two hours because that meets the 25 hour threshold for 12 streams mm -hmm. and once once you make the number, you apply and you fingers crossed that you don't have to try and apply it again to maintain those numbers. Back in September of that year, I didn't care about that. So I was streaming 12 to 15 hours and networking or just like chatting with people, building a real community. I would stream until five or six in the morning. And then I, the first thing I would do is get a breakfast burrito and then I'd go to sleep and restart, just restart. It was a lot of fun and I would never do it again. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'd never do it again. And oh then so, I think things started to really take off um probably by January of that following year. So January of 2021, it, this has now become a serious enterprise for me. I'm about 6 months in and I've seen enough financial return for it to even be a part-time thing. Not that money was ever the objective, really building something solid was the first objective, but it was nice that even after Twitch things that the money didn't drop enough for me to be like, I can't, you know, you know how it goes. It's nice yeah. to have a supplemental income and this had become that. And then, man, over the, over the next year, it was a real head game of trying to play cat and mouse with the audience of, okay, I've got 20 to 30 people. How do I make that 40? How do I make that 50? Mm -hmm. How do I make that 60? And really the answer is uh, constant innovation with what kind of content that you're putting out there. And um, I would say just time, yeah, just, just time, the longer that you go and the more consistent that you deliver a pleasurable or like an interactive experience with people, 
they will come back. They, yeah. they, and they will know you, even if they're not there a hundred percent of the time, they might leave to go another stream or do whatever they want, but they'll check in on you. And that's, you get people that are consistent. You get people that check on you. You get other streamers that know you. And so now I'm working still all day on maintaining contact with streamers and with, um, my community so that the time has switched from 12 hours just streaming to somewhere between like three to four hours and i put it at two i always start streaming i go if i don't want to after an hour i won't i'll show mm -hmm. up every day but i won't stream for that long i end yeah. up streaming four hours and then the rest of the time i'm networking which doesn't feel like networking when you're talking about like video games and online stuff but it is it doesn't mm -hmm. come naturally to me to like tweet sorry if i'm talking too much by the way no, not at all. <laughs> um that stuff doesn't come naturally to me, but it is part of the game and it has become more fun because I was telling you before we started doing weddings and our benefits and our corporates and stuff, there is a certain level of diplomacy that has to happen to maintain that business. Um, Twitch is not like that. Twitch, <laughs> like, uh, Twitch allows me to say stupid stuff. I could be like, you know, <laughs> screw that thing and screw this thing and people will be like whoa do you like really not like them and i'll be like nah i was just goofing i don't really care like and it just it's fun it's um a lot of people try and and use their platform I, you they would say there's a lot of people that would say they would they, they use their platform to try and do good things but a lot of times people speak really fast on the internet like you know how twitter looks you know like people speak very loosely and it's easy to stick your foot in your mouth especially in this climate that we have this cultural climate yeah and i've managed to avoid doing that even while like being kind of loose and so i'm thankful that that's the case uh, it helps train me for when we are on gigs and just going everything that i do not on gigs put that in a box <laughs> like that is <laughs> wow yeah so yeah. but things are things are going great things are i'm really excited i like i think um with anything that you do or care about that you have periods of real focus and then periods where you feel like nothing's working and it's like a battle within yourself to like keep that going. And I've gone through that with streaming for sure, where you're just like, I, I don't know if I want to perform tonight. You know how, you know the rituals when you go on gigs and you like, you have to do stuff to get your head in the mind space of putting yeah. on a performance for people. So, so it's the same thing with live streaming, but yeah. I love it. It's dope. It seems energetically and creatively, it's such a great outlet or just great way to channel, you know, what comes so natural to you because you're, you're natural as a performer with what you do with us. But like you said, you know, working in a corporate show band, you do, there's a certain level of um, decorum and etiquette that you have to follow and, and professionalism. It's pretty straight laced. I mean, let's be, let's be honest, you know, there's no, we're not like cussing we're not no. talking about certain so, topics yeah which you want you want absolutely yeah, that's want that. that's how it goes and creatively i i feel there's there's a degree of creativity that we get to um enjoy with what we do but there is a limit to that i mean we're we um primarily sing cover music and we're not really there to uh satisfy our own creative needs but we're we're there paid to give the audience what they want right so we have to follow a certain guideline for that but then on your streaming channel it's kind of like anything goes i mean yeah. am i right 
it's when you talk about making an album as a artist as a musician and that having full creative control over something is a really it's like scary because mm -hmm. you don't you don't know how it's going to be received you don't know if you're even good enough to do it yeah and streaming has been that the streaming is the first thing in my life that i feel is the same way you go to school they tell you how to do it you go to a job you learn the tricks and you learn how to do it all that but like setting up your own stream um has been a it's been crazy it ha has definitely shown a part of my personality where it's like whatever i'm doing I, i'm probably going to need public validation <laughs> i'm probably going to need like an audience or something like that so yeah yeah been very, I think yeah. uh, I think the channel gets a little bit more of what we see in the green room. No doubt. <laughs> but I think you're like exponentially more you on your channel than you. Well, yeah, because I, you know, room. I got <laughs> musicians uh, love talking about musicians. That's so every mm -hmm. every time that we've been in the green room, the conversations that devolve with the horn players or the rhythm section about certain musicians, and I'm sitting there and I'm like. I got to learn about cameras. I got to learn about what D DMC a music that I can play or can't play on stream. What's the next game that's coming out? I wonder how this person's family is doing this like donator that I want to maintain contact with. And like, I'm thinking about all these things. And I, I remember spending a lot of time with musicians in green rooms and saying something and getting crickets in response. I'll be like, yo, I'm super excited about this game that's coming out and people being like, that's great. <laughs> that's so cool. So it's cool that like, now people have taken interest in the streaming thing, especially our, our band, obviously, that know that it's become like a part and a like successful endeavor. Yeah. Um, that's really cool because <laughs> it's kind of half the distance between what I know people will never respond to and what I have no idea about. So like they could be talking about like deep jazz and I will have no idea. But now I can like mention something that's going on, like a new game's coming out. So that's going to be good for the streaming people. Like, oh, that like that's super sick. Yeah. 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 No, I, I think it's, I think that everybody that is, you know, in our band and, and everybody that, um, you know, collaborates with us, horn players, everybody that's kind of in the crew, um, has really rallied around you and is super supportive. And I know that you, you were up against a lot when this first started, because I remember having some, you know, band meetings earlier in the day and you kind of telling the group what you had going on, what you were up to. And everyone was kind of like, yeah, that's cool. Nice. Yeah. That's cute. <laughs> That's really cute. Yeah. No, I, I had this camera quality. I had this camera two years ago. And remember people being like, that's a really nice camera. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm doing the streaming thing. Be like, huh? Yeah. So this rehearsal. Yeah, no, it definitely not to say that our band's dismissive at all, but I totally understand what it feels like to like not understand what's going on over there and not be like ignorant of it, but just being like, that's cool. I'm happy for you. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to jump over to the comments so I don't neglect the, the, the comments tonight, but I want to make a point about how, what you're doing now, how that intersects with music. So before, uh, just want to say hello to Brooke. Brooke is out there in the comments. She's, she's excited for the interview and, um, she said, oh, she was agreeing with a point that teamwork over self. Yes, that's definitely a big part of uh, band life for, for sure. And um, if you don't recognize Brooke's name, she is a wonderful, wonderful LA-based singer. And uh, Art Cohen's out there. He says, love all y'all. We love you too, Art. Thank you for chiming in. 
and Chuck Phillips. We dearly love our Chuck Phillips. Yo. He's a sax player with the Mighty Untouchables. He says, good evening, Danielle and Donovan. Looking good. Thank can't you. wait to get back to gigging with you. We can't either. We're on a little bit of a little bit of a vacation right now, which is awesome. But yeah, January and February has always tended to be like that, too. I like you think about wedding seasons yeah. or corporate seasons. And I I've always kind of been in denial that there's really ever a thing because we get gigs sporadically through every month or season. But like mm -hmm. I think weddings really do start picking up in like March or April. That's like when everybody, okay, winter's over, like it's time. And then it goes until the, basically the end of the year. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, definitely some seasonal aspects to that too. But I always think too, though, I mean, you know, as, as much as we work on the regular, I mean, we do what we love to do. So it's not really that much of a grind. I no. mean, so it's like, not at all. I can use a, I can use a couple of days off, but then I'm like, oh, I'm good. Let's get back to it. But, no doubt. Yeah. I love it's yeah. yeah. Especially we have, we have, um, everything real fine lined now. Like it feels super streamlined to what we do, even with the innovation, bringing in new music or rehearsing or, you know, like whatever specific gig might have things that you need to change around. I feel like we're, yeah, it's a great, it's a great place to work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, we also have Hugo Morales in the comments. He What's says, up, everybody? You guys, Hugo, love you. We miss you too. We'll be seeing everybody hopefully this summer when our summer concert series hits. Yeah. But so back to my point that I was going to make about how your <laughs> how your streaming intersects with music, or kind of I guess I should say how it parallels, just from like maybe a marketing standpoint and from just a creativity standpoint is, yeah. you know, I think that you have honed in on probably the number one key aspect of growing an audience or building, um, building some buzz around what you do recognition. And that is consistency. I mean, you, despite what your numbers were for quite a long period of time, despite the hours you were pouring into it, you kept at it and you kept building, you kept learning every day. You kept cherry picking all of those, you know, lessons and things that were working and then, you know, trying new things, giving them some time and then letting them go when you recognize that they weren't working. Uh, and then you weren't, you weren't discouraged by the fact that you were sharing your creative pursuits with other people who had no understanding of what this was, you know, you had like total blank stares, you know, when you would explain these, this to, and, and so many musicians experience that too, when you're, you know, putting together an album or when you're starting a project and, um, or just telling anyone in general, like just, oh. yeah. And I have, I, I understand why too. Like, let's give credit to, especially our band members. I'm quite manic, especially when I get passionate about something. I just, I go off. I'm just like, you don't understand. Like, this is the craziest thing. And I got to do this. And people are like, okay, that's so great. No, even Mike had mentioned him, Michael Gein, our fantastic, uh, MD and uh, drummer. He mentioned like a couple of weeks ago, he was like, whatever this Donovan is like, this is great. Like, let's keep with that. As like, I remember where I was at the beginning of streaming. So yeah, where things intersect yeah. performance is definitely one thing. I think like, um, a lot of us musicians are extroverts on stage and introverts after the fact, and I don't think mm -hmm. I'm an exception. So at like public concerts, I, I've always had a really hard time feeling like, like my job's done here. 
maybe I get like, I'm, I'm out of here versus like a lot of these people are our friends and family or like new people that are really passionate about the band and streaming has helped me interact with a large variety of people and having to have way more comfort just being yourself and being confident in yourself to like, I'm whatever I'm talking to you about, I'm going to find interest in, or I'm going to be present while I'm doing it. I'm not going to be like out the door while I'm talking to you. Cause you're trying to tell me something important or important enough to like, say thank you for performing or we love having you or things like that like that means a lot so yeah um other ways of intersecting i still do singing on stream i still do and it's kept me in the know about the music industry or what new music's coming out that's one thing that's been super cool is that uh, especially with tiktok because i didn't really care about content creation you know as that a brand before that people everybody on twitch is on tiktok basically like ever mm -hmm. they've become two very synonymous markets of demo or demographics of people and i'll hear a song and my friends even my girlfriend will be like that song was on tiktok like eight months ago like you're old like, like <laughs> they do that all the time and like i'll hear i'll hear a, a, a song from 2019 that i'm like Yo, this is a bop. And I'm listening on and all I see in chat is like old song, old song, old song, move on. <laughs> yeah, um, it keeps so it keeps me fresh on new music, which has been really dope. None of it, none of the new music is uh gig appropriate. It's crazy. Everything because of yeah. TikTok has become completely inappropriate for gigs, but they're still really great songs. Yeah. Um and then, uh, yeah, no, I still perform and like being in an empty room with multiple camera angles and dope lights has, it helps me lean into my performer mindset. So like, no matter how bad I sing at that exact moment or whatever, I'm like, I'm in, I got all this, like I'm in control and it's, it's fun. And I, people get stage fright and a lot of performers, like they maintain stage fright, regardless of how long they've performed. There's always a like little twinge of anxiety, but I don't know. I it, this has helped really culture that away to just be like, even people that felt free to perform when they first started uh, develop kind of an anxiety. Like you're just like, uh, like I don't know why. I just don't feel like I sound that good today, or my energy's low. Or mm -hmm. this really helps. I feel like this keeps you in the performance mindset. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I think I think where it intersects too, just overall in general, is that you've learned, you've learned the marketing machine, you know, the, 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 uh, what works in the streaming world works in the music world. Like when it comes to consistency, when it comes to content creation, uh, developing your, just your image, your branding, um, learning your audience. And I think that you kind of keyed in on that before, and that is learning your audience and just yeah. trying to get into that mindset. Because when you, I'm sure you've thought this over when you're thinking about, all right, who, who is the audience for me on Twitch and what is it, what, what are they coming for here in the first place? Mm -hmm. And you've told me this, um, outside of this, that, you know, these are people who have come to count on seeing you every day at a certain time, they count on it. It's part of their life and they become, very loyal, you know, invested followers for you. And that couldn't be more true in the music world too. You know, we fall in love with bands and musicians and, and we count on hearing new stuff from them. And, you know, we count on seeing them on the road. We count on, um, seeing, you know, what they're doing 
just in the media and social media and everything. Yeah. And you kind of, you get into a mindset where you kind of know them, I guess you feel like you do. And, and they reveal just enough of themselves so that you have a personal glimpse in, into their life and everything. And, um, you know, and, and I think that you've like totally hit that, you know, you get that, you understand your audience. Especially with, uh, the, the musician, like, correlation is really strong imagine if you bought like 200 tickets to somebody's concert and they cancel on the night of how many people have had that happen and immediately be like that was my favorite artist i hate, hate them him. forever now yeah hate exactly yeah thousand yeah. <laughs> percent like nothing mm -hmm. they come nothing they do will be good enough to re redeem them from that yeah mm -hmm. i didn't have a stream schedule i go on 8 p.m pst every night now and the nights that i don't go on I tell everybody, I like tweet it out or I'll go in the Discord. Because if I go on every night at 8 p.m., I can, I may only go on for 30 minutes. I may only go on for an hour, but I went on. I went on. It helps mm -hmm. develop um, like not just confidence, but also that like it's something that I'm supposed to be doing. So like sometimes when you're not feeling like you want to do something, the habit of it will be the thing that going to the gym is the same way. If you go to the gym every day at the same time, then the days that you don't, you'll be like, I missed it. Like I gotta go. There's something in me that's missing right now. Same thing with stream, because there are times where you feel like streams are sucking, like that nobody's talking, the donations aren't flowing, I'm bored. Like so many people's doing better than me. Million excuses for why you would want not want to. But if you just build the same habit up for yourself that you're trying to build with the community, it makes it way easier. Mm -hmm. So um, I love that you keep tapping on the consistency element of it too, because I. A lot of people don't know that I went through a divorce and it was a really tough time for, you know, like the eight months to a year that I was like really, really feeling that. But mm -hmm. one thing I started going to the gym like crazy. I got like stupid fit. I'm at I'm a little out of shape right now, but I was stupid fit and I was working out so hard. And this trainer, not my trainer, but one at the gym knew my situation and came up to me one day and said consistency over intensity like mm, mm -hmm. consistent and it's something that i still i think like i really want to get it tattooed somewhere because it's a it's super it has been the most powerful statement for me in this stage of my adult life that mm. you can do some i was streaming for 12 to 15 hours i was not eating i was playing video i was like i was not doing good for my health mental or body wise and it was the intensity that was the problem consistency uh, okay. is way more powerful than intensity good like, point so yeah. I, yeah, and that's, I think, uh, probably the same thing with gig life with music life too, is, um, I talked Bobby Cresty, our keyboard player at one point said to me, I, I had got done doing a, you know, hour and a half stint that we do. And then we still have an hour and a half left where I'm just like, I'm feel gas. And he mm -hmm. said, you can't have, uh, every gig be a hundred percent, like all of your energy. And I've always have marinated on that thought being like, the well, that, that shouldn't be true. But it is in some ways, like, don't sing every note like it's your last note. You will, because you're going to ruin a lot by doing that. And don't dance like it's the last time you're ever going to dance. Have your attention be there 100%. Like your energy, even in small movements, can be at 100%. Your intensity with the emotion that you're relaying through the song or your interactivity with the people on the dance floor Put all those at 100%, but don't don't use the pencil so much that you break it or that you grind it down to a nub. Like mm -hmm. that's, so I think that helps say about consistency over intensity is 
if you're consistent with this thing, you will take care of it over the long term or it will be it will be destroyed. Wow. And, that's yeah. that's a great point. A really, really great point. It, to uh Bobby told me one time too, we were, I don't know, we were either choosing a song for something or choosing a key for it or whatever. And I was a little like, I don't know, confused or or stressed about it or whatever. And he said, he was like, he's like, you don't have to crush it every time. And I was like, how dare you say that to me? Yeah. You know, <laughs> but I totally got what he was trying to tell me in the moment was that it's just more important that we like figure this out than yeah. like thinking so far ahead, you know, that we don't know what we're doing. My doorbell just rang. But um, have you by chance read the book Atomic Habits? No. Okay. You'd love this book. It, it, talks, it, up right now. it yeah. talks so much about um, just consistency habits and just incrementally building our habits and like making, he talks so much about making 1% improvements daily or, or however, you know, often you need to do that. Sounds like my trainer. He literally says that to me or he's like, yeah. even if it's 0.1%, just 1% better. Yeah. He like, probably read atomic habits. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me jump over here to the comments too. Um, yes. Uh, Brooke is saying, yep uh, loyalty from consistency. It's, it's so, so totally true. She's, she says that she's an, um, introvert, but a performer me too. I mean, love being on the stage, being on the stage brings out a totally different person in me. Um, but at the same time, you know, as soon as I walk off the stage, I'm a pretty shy person. I, I kind of like to, you know, put my head down and <laughs> get on to, you know, with my life, but that's so true. Um, and Lauren Lee is hanging out with us too. Lauren Lee, we talked to last week on her, um, my name interview. has been Hey Tony on your screen this entire time. I, I put in oh. Hey Tony cause I use stream. We used StreamYard for another podcast that I do. Wow. Yes. Um, so I've always had that. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead back to the comment section. I just changed it. My yeah. bad. Well, first of all, she says that uh, Bobby has wise dad energy. He totally does. Um, someone is fully like ringing on my doorbell. They're going to have to wait. Um, I'm going to put your links actually here in the comments before I forget. But Lauren is also asking what tips um, someone just getting started performing on Twitch uh, oh, like wow. if she, so Lauren, she's a singer. She uh, self accompanies on guitar. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if she were just setting up her channel, what, what, uh, oh, golden man. nuggets can you share oh, with man. her? Well, okay. So one of the hot tips on Twitch, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say this because I'm a partner, but I'm gonna, to get affiliate on Twitch, you need 50 followers and you need three average viewers over the course of like seven days. Even to, for people that have never done it, that seems like a lot. It's not open up a Twitch on your channel, on a phone, on a laptop, on an iPad, whatever. And that gets you up to the numbers. And then 50 followers is easy enough to do when you don't just engage with Twitch audiences, when you tell everybody what you're doing and go, even if you aren't on Twitch, make an account and please follow me. Or like you get yourself up to 50 by like making accounts. I wouldn't, I'm uh, I'm only recommending that from somebody else. I would never recommend that, but yeah, like do that. And that'll get you to affiliate. That's when you can like get the sub button that's when you can like uh, being an affiliate is really the next step in toward being on the platform. So that's the numbers side, not the performance side, the business side of you getting to the three average and the 50 followers. That's one thing to get taken care of for the 
streaming element of it, the first thing I can recommend is to just do it because it really doesn't take anything to just download Streamlabs OBS or OBS. Both of them are the streaming platforms through which you will stream to Twitch. And then like typing in uh, on Google, best quality for Twitch. So it'll tell you how to adjust your bit rates and specifically how to do that into on Streamlabs OBS. When you first start streaming, if you're not really tech savvy and i was tech savvy when i started at least towards computers but nothing when it comes to like making art on canva or like setting up your own website or setting up a merge page or getting hiring artists to do that or setting there's so much to learn that it's really important that you don't get overwhelmed because i have a, a bookmarks tab here that i just added atomic habits to and the not the folders just the bookmarks tab has like 900 saved things from the course of me streaming that i'm like every day I'll sort it. I'm going to sort it out later. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you will, you're going to learn. You will learn. The most important thing is to like start and start developing a habit for it and get excited. Like mm -hmm. nobody wants to see somebody that's not excited to be their stream. Happy streamers make happy content is what was told to me a long time ago. And it's a real, it's a good truism, mm -hmm. but you got, you got to just start. And I think that Twitch is the only way to go because it's the easiest one to monetize it on YouTube. It takes 4,000 watch hours and 1000 subscribers for you to start monetizing 4000 mm. watch hours is a lot to accumulate for a channel that has no social media following behind it mm -hmm. twitch it's three average viewers and 50 followers it's pretty easy and the music community specifically on twitch is super inclusive and very welcoming to outsiders you will fold you in super fast and incredibly supportive of other artists especially if you're dope even the dope artists, there are like Ronnie Rad, uh, Ronnie Radke from like he's in a million different bands, uh, but it's falling in reverse is the band that he's. But Ronnie Radke is on the platforms. Uh, like so many DJs, so many DJs, so many guitarists, so many drummers of like major bands that like you'll go into one music streamer and you'll be you'll see on their top donator right at the top of the chat it'll be like. $50 from so and so musician. You're like, did that person like Anthony Green gave you? you know, $250 from blah. It's yeah, it's crazy. The music scene on Twitch is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so definitely, especially if you're self in a a self accompaniment, cause it's technically against the rules for you to, uh, use other people's music, even to sing karaoke. So if you're singing a karaoke track off YouTube, that's technically against the rules. And I like, so as a partner, I don't condone using it, but I sing off karaoke tracks on YouTube all the time, mm -hmm. all the time. So, there's yeah, man, if you want to get started streaming, it's the the other thing that I was saying, not only consistency over intensity, but quality over quantity. You know, if you set up a fundamental quality for your stream between lights, between like nice aesthetics, good setups, you know, high camera quality, high um, vocal quality through your microphone. I have this I have this um, tool that I use called the GoXLR. It's like the premier streaming audio interface where if I Click it immediately reverb, or I can add echo, or I can change pitch, or gently, you know, whatever I want to do. It has an auto tune on it, it's got robot. Those cool little gimmicks where I can, you know, like hip hop beat, hip hop beat, hip hop beat, hip hop beat. It's fun. <laughs> like I do that kind of stuff all the time on uh -huh. stream. So um, I would not recommend, you know, those stories about people that were like, I was 30 years old. I hated my dead end job. And so I did this thing and I decided to dive all in because I was 
go i don't care <laughs> i i did that but without like the bad part of my life like where everything was falling apart i loved working with the mighty untouchables i just had a bunch of free time and a passion for video games and public validation where i wanted to do it so mm-hmm. I spent and I spent way too much money, way too much money. This is this should be a piecemeal thing. It I <laughs> I was like 20 grand in debt at one point before like realizing, okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna ease up and I'll I'll pay that off and things will be fine. But after I the initial buzz of dopamine rush from streaming, I was just like, I need four more cameras and I need a better graphic. <laughs> like I had a bunch of cool stuff, but yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, you know what though? I want to make a point about that. Well, first of all, Lauren Lee is dope. So she would, she would absolutely crush it on Twitch. Um, I would, yeah. And support. I, would be I would love to support. Lauren. Absolutely. That'd be dope. Yeah. Yeah. But you mentioned, so obviously there's investments involved that have gone down, probably some necessary, maybe others not, maybe a oh little more, uh, you know, out there, but, um, you know, you've taken some pretty big steps to, grow what you've been doing once things took off. So, you know, you had some traction underneath you. So this, this made a lot of sense. Um, can you talk a little bit about, um, well, I think one of the other points I wanted to make too, is you, you, you said, don't get overwhelmed with all of the things. And I think a misperception that people have when they, um, you know, kind of become a fan of someone online, they think they, you know, that, people do it all themselves and that how do they do all this all themselves and keep up with all this the reality is you don't you 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 begin to um build a team around you and you begin to start delegating tasks out to people who have a stronger expertise in those areas and who can you know uh, help you out a lot more. So can you talk about over the, uh, I don't know, the past year, or maybe the past six months, certain things that you've invested in or certain yeah. um, people that you've pulled into your team? No doubt. Uh, I think the biggest three resources before you start spending like stupid amounts of money on anything are um, YouTube, Fiverr, and like Canva and, and maybe Twitch too. But like yeah. the reason those things are so important is um, YouTube is the entire span of the internet history in video form. Anything that you want to learn, you can look up on YouTube. Type in four words on uh, on Google saying, this thing, this YouTube. This thing, this YouTube. Every yeah. time. And then Fiverr really helped get in touch with like artists of every kind of variety. Anything that you might want to accomplish, like you need to delegate out to because you're not an expertise in, somebody is willing to do it on Fiverr and do it well and relatively cheap. Not cheap quality product, but like it's way easier for some people to do things like with singing. People ask me to do lessons on Twitch all the time. And I'm like, I'll just give you some t- tips right here. Like here, like, but it 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 is the same way on Fiverr. Like you're like this graphics art thing eludes me i don't know how to make emotes or anything like that and you find somebody that's like dude 10 seconds like here you go um twitch is really good for being in contact with people that you like i found a bunch of artists and other type of people to network with on twitch that were viewers not other streamers mm-hmm. fiverr fiverr's good for paying for specific things other people might just want to help you because they're part of your community youtube for watching videos on how to learn and then uh I think I said Canva because Canva is just like a free art app and it's really good for, to make promotionary products. But even that, like 
it's hard to do if you don't if you're not familiar with it. Other than that, social media wise, uh, I've curated my own social media for a long time, and I'm horrible at it because I get anxiety about posting things every day. Shut up. Shut up. Is someone ringing your do- your doorbell too? <laughs> this is no. This was our band. Oh yeah, I'm getting the <laughs> yeah. You're done. You're done. Um. I, so I have curated my own stuff, and I just crossed a thousand followers on Twitter, which to me is like, whoa! Are you serious? Like over a thousand on that, and we're about to hit seven thousand on Twitch, right? Like six point five right now. So we're about to hit seven thousand on Twitch, and. Uh, I have Instagram that I rarely post to and I have, I don't have Facebook and, but I have a TikTok. And so TikTok has now, I, every person out there that's listening and people that might posterily listen to this, get on TikTok and right now, and like do as much as you can on TikTok right now. It's like, that is where everybody's eyes are and expanding your audience wise, especially if for like people that don't know about Twitch might not never get to know about Twitch because it's just, it will never cross their Venn diagram of interests. Mm-hmm. But TikTok immediately feeds into growing an online audience. Everyone that's in different Venn diagrams is on TikTok right now. YouTube mm. people, live yeah. streamers of every platform, like uh, wedding coordinators, whatever. TikTok is like the place. It used to be Twitter, then it moved to Instagram. Now it's TikTok. It was Vine for a second too. Um, and so I hired somebody to do that for me. Because my girlfriend, uh, BB Jess, who is a phenomenal presence on the Twitch platform, saw so much growth because of her TikToks, which she took on as just an interest, like a, a hobbyish interest that blew up into something because she was showcasing her personality and her stream and her tech savvy and uh, just how much of a performer that she was. It was it was so readily apparent apparent that it took one one or a couple of TikToks to really bring over an audience, but she grew like to the point where almost every major player on our platform knows who she is now, which Mm -hmm. is, it's insane. And it only happened over the course. She did a January to January perspective where she had 800 followers last January. Now she has, she's 69,000, like insane. And it it doesn't translate the same because there's people on TikTok that have 2 million followers or on YouTube that have 500,000 subscribers that go on Twitch and they will sit at 50 to 100 viewers and not knocking anybody's viewership. Like that's a stupid thing is to talk about numbers, but that's a, that's a disproportional gap. That doesn't make sense. Whereas she has like 200,000 followers on TikTok and 70,000 followers on Twitch and, uh, maybe 2000 subscribers on YouTube and she's sitting at 1.4 to 2000 people sometimes like that. She has a presence that, I mean, but she has a presence that speaks for itself, but her ability to uh, use and manipulate in like a positive way to like get people to respond to her with polls and things like that on social media. She Mm -hmm. is, she is a master social media like constructor and anybody that wants to grow their audience needs to do advertising off of Twitch as well as on that is you advertise about your Twitch off of Twitch. You try and develop, develop community while you're on there. So I spent uh, a handed amount of money, like getting my TikTok game up to stuff. Mm-hmm. Some things I've made a lot of expenditures that maybe didn't need to be made. I don't think social media was not one of them. I, I trust what, 
that will what that stuff does for your full experience. The more more numbers on as many platforms as possible, everything is a, a, a rising tide lifts all boats. So I think Twitter is where it's at. There's another app right now that I don't want to or not Twitter TikTok. Uh, there's another app right now that's up and coming for streamers that I am wanting to become more established with and grow a relationship with because the streamers that I see doing it are seeing amazing success. It's called Hover. And it's, I don't want to say it's the TikTok for streamers because that would be like calling any card game the Pokemon of this. But <laughs> I like they, they do something similar, but it's curated for streamers. Okay. You can immediately go to somebody's Twitch page from the Hover app. You're scrolling through people's clips and seeing what their streams are about and takes over. It's, I think the utilization for streamers is a lot bigger than TikTok, but that's like the only thing to really compare it to at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, if you're gonna do social media, you got to do all the social media or you got to find people that are good at it and take the best advice that you can from that. It's mm -hmm. not insurmountable. It just takes time and it takes effort. I even hiring somebody to help me do that. Like you can't just be like, okay, well then I'm done. Like I don't ever have to think about it. You also have to put in the work on that, yeah. which is, yeah, it might seem um, overwhelming, but like, that's why it's piecemeal. Every day, mm -hmm. something new. You're always working on it, and it should be fun. If it's not fun, then nobody's gonna nobody is gonna want to interact with something that you're not having a good time with. Yeah, yeah. Good sermon on TikTok. I, I hear I hear the same too, and I I'm definitely on TikTok. I'm watching it. Yeah, <laughs> it's running. I'm investing a lot of time watching and scrolling, but um, very little. Uh, content creation on my part, but I'm definitely interested. I, I want to learn more about that this year. Um, Eden Castile's in the comments too. She's into it. She says, very cool. And Brooke, um, Brooke says, I've been so against creating a TikTok, but everyone keeps saying how beneficial it is. I'm curious, Brooke, if you're still there, um, what, what makes you feel against it? Is it just because it's just another thing to add to the list of things to yeah. do? That's my resistance or, a lot of um, times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is a lot, but, um, but I think you've made a great point about the fact that you've got to make, you've got to be aware of what those connecting forces are and what works for the audience and, and drives and builds the audience. And you, you fully recognized that TikTok was a major um, player in that. And so you've, you've dove in, you've done the work you've, you've, um, hired out on a needed basis, but you're, you're fully, you know, in the driver's seat of creating the content and everything. Um, Brooke says totally. And also more recognition. I prefer not being known, but still getting work. Okay. Yeah, I, I get that. So you're, you're more, you're, you're not kind of, uh, gunning for a general, audience, but rather your, um, I think I am familiar with the kind of work that Brooke does. She is more, um, an industry singer, um, doing, um, you know, session work. And, and, and if I remember correctly, Brooke, you're, um, interested in doing like, um, film Disney, things like that. So, well, I will say that, um, people that are in the entertainment world up in LA, a lot these social media things are not mandatory. They're never mandatory, yeah. but uh, the best thing, and I'm not lecturing her specifically, I'm saying this because it's been a thing in my brain too, is like, you are not the exception, you are the rule. If you treat everything like that, then you will do all of the things that you need to do. I didn't wanna create a, I didn't wanna create a stream schedule. 
I didn't want to do the things that other people were doing, like playing, you know, stupid games like Among Us or Minecraft or things like that, which are great games. I'm not like calling them stupid, but the fervor around them because mm -hmm. it's like every child is watching Minecraft. So if I want my numbers to go up, I'll have to play these games that I don't like. Um, if you treat yourself like the rule and not the exception, then you'll do what is necessary to be successful and you won't think that you're that you have some chip on your shoulder. That helped me get into social media because I hate it so much, but it's so vital in the entertainment world. Mm. You go to casting directors, they want to see that you've got established numbers on every platform. And having a Twitch, especially a verified Twitch, is really good to casting directors. Like that was actually a motivation for me because I did a movie last February and I am now SAG eligible. And I had started to hear from voice actors that were on Twitch because there's a lot of voice actors on Twitch and just regular actors. Like LA is a hotbed for streamers that um, this is really something that's necessary. If you, have a, if you have an established Twitch, but nothing else is established, that's good. If you have an established Twitter and nothing else, that's good. Having establishment on all platforms is like A plus to them. Not mm -hmm. just casting directors, but like anybody that you want to work with. If you are like, you might not be like, you might not be notorious, but you might be infamous because that's what I gather out. Like you might not like being the most known name, but you're known enough where everybody that is the most known name, they know you because yeah. I feel the exact same way. Um, right. So uh, yeah, yeah I and you don't necessarily need to be crushing it on every single platform, right. but maybe just some general, again, consistency, whether that be like, a weekly <laughs> post or just something that, you know, shows that, um, you know, that you're, you're involved, you're being consistent, that you do have some kind of a presence there. And that, uh, I mean, you never know like what, what sort of audience you might garner from either platform, but, yeah. um, Eden also said, she says, I live stream, um, simultaneously via, Restream to Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Yep. Always looking for ways to split up the clips. And I really appreciate this convo. Um, Eden, Eden, again, she's she is doing all the right things, uh, following all the right channels. She tries everything. She's so inventive. She's not afraid to um uh, figure out the tech, you know, she just kind of like dives head first into all of that. And I, I love and respect that about her so much. And she's definitely, um, you know, her audience is growing and she has a great, um, live stream that she does as well. And so great. hit me with the, hit me with the link or, uh, send me the link. If you have, yeah, a Eden, link, yeah. um, put your links in the comments if you, um, are hearing us, but, um, Donovan, we have to wrap things up. We're, we're OT already, but um, this has been such a great conversation. I really appreciate you doing this. You know, I just, I love you so much. I'm so proud of you and everything that you've done and accomplished. And it's been just like a total pleasure to see how, you know, things have grown for you just over the years in general. But, you know, these past couple of years, I know you're doing big things and it's just, it's really amazing just to see you kind of like click into something that is such a, um, a natural fit for you. And you're Thanks. like, you're, you're in your zone of genius. And I just love to see that so much. Thanks. I appreciate so, that. Yeah. Thanks for everything. Thanks, that thanks you've for having shared. me. And I love you too. Honestly. Yeah. This was, I had, it was a great time. I love just yeah. being able to talk about stuff. So yeah. Uh, just, I'm an, I'm posting your links again, one more time in the comments, but, um, tell everybody when and where and how they can find you on Twitch. So, um, it says I'll put my, change my name back to 
Hey, Tony, real quick, but uh, I stream every night at 8 p.m. PST, as long as it's not a gig night. If it's a gig night, I don't really yeah. like streaming. But uh, <laughs> other than that, 8 p.m. PST on Twitch, and it's hey underscore T0NY. And you would imagine that being verified on Twitch would mean that I would be able to get my name, hey, Tony, without any of the uh, superfluous stuff. But no, I can't. So it's hey underscore T0NY, 8 p.m. PST. And uh, you, all of my social media stuff from TikTok to Hover to Twitter to Instagram, all of that's on my page. Uh, and I will say this. If you have Amazon Prime, you can create a Twitch twitch.tv account, link your Amazon Prime with it, and you get a free Prime sub. And then if you go over to my page, you can use that Prime sub. And that means that I get 250 and you don't have to spend any money. You're actually taking it from Jeff Bezos, which we love. We love that on Twitch. Thanks so much for joining us. If you love this conversation as much as I did and would like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with The Unstoppable Singer and get all the behind-the-scenes content, you can follow me on Instagram at Unstoppable Singer. And while you're there, please share this episode on your Instagram stories and tag me at Unstoppable Singer. Once again, I'm Danielle Tucker, a professional singer and vocal coach. I've spent the last 25 years crafting a successful career for myself in the music industry and showing other aspiring singers how to do the same. The world needs your voice now more than ever. So get out there and create an unstoppable career.